we all sense that life has meaning and purpose when we're not too consumed by worldly pursuits. In those moments, we might ask ourselves, at least on some level, we wonder, what is the purpose of life? What's the meaning of all this? What's it all about? And of course, people have come up with all kinds of answers. The world wants to tell you that it's all about pleasure. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. Most TV shows seem to suggest that we find meaning in worldly success, in wealth, and of course, uh, in lust. The attempted fulfillment of every bodily and passing desire. But anyone who seeks the meaning of life in these things, they're going to find themselves disappointed, living a shallow life, constantly and desperately seeking new diversions, new distractions to fill an empty, God-shaped void within their souls. Only in Jesus Christ do we find a real answer to this meaning of life. Let's look at today's gospel. Jesus was about 30 years old, and the time had come for him to leave behind his life as a carpenter in Nazareth and to begin his public ministry of preaching to the crowds and of training his 12 apostles, getting ready to set up the church and set it on its way. So, as Jesus walked along the banks of the Jordan, John the Baptist told his two disciples that Jesus was the one, the Lamb of God, the Messiah. Now, Andrew and the other disciple became very excited about this, because it was the answer to their prayers. They really wanted to check out this guy, Jesus, that John was talking about. Jesus heard them approaching. He turned around. He looked them in the eyes and asked them, What are you looking for? And we sense there's a bit of depth to this question. It's as if he's asking him, What are you looking for in life? And the disciples were struck by the question and responded with another question to say, Teacher, where are you staying? In doing this, I think they give a perfect answer. It's as if they had said, Jesus, we're looking for you. We want to stay with you wherever you are. And Jesus said, come and you will see. So he invites them to walk with him, to follow him, to be his companions. And that, I think, is Christ's answer to the question of life's meaning. It is to live in relationship with the Lord. Thus, the meaning of life is not a thing or a collection of things that we can possess. It's not some abstract doctrine or idea to just merely be understood. The meaning of life, rather, is a relationship to be lived out. It's a personal friendship with Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Now, of course, since the meaning of life is a relationship, that means it doesn't depend only on me. You know, it doesn't depend only on us. It also depends on God's willingness to offer us his friendship. As we see every time we look over at the cross, 
or celebrate the Eucharist. And as we hear in our first reading, God isn't just willing to have a relationship with us. It is his deepest desire. Notice then in our first reading how personal God's call to Samuel was. You know, God didn't just put up posters around town asking for someone to volunteer as a prophet. He didn't even limit himself to working through the preaching of the priests of the temple. He spoke directly to Samuel, called him by name. God called him individually to a relationship and to a task appointed for him in the world. And God does the same with us. If we listen now, sometimes we need the help of others as Samuel needed Eli's help to discern what God is saying or to teach us how to pray. And that's why the church is here, certainly not to replace God, but to help us on our path to him. But if we seek out this help when we need it, and if we listen for God's call, we will hear him inviting us personally to a relationship and then to some kind of service in the church and in the world. Samuel, John the Baptist, Andrew, Simon, they all encountered the Lord, and in that encounter, they found the meaning of life and their own purpose and calling. It stands to reason, then, that if the meaning of life is to be found in a relationship with Christ, well, then our highest priority as we're planning our lives should be to constantly deepen this friendship. But how do we do this? Well, there are three important suggestions here. First, and I think the most important, is we have to gradually develop a mature life of prayer. You know, prayer... It, it involves saying prayers out loud. It involves asking for good things from God for ourselves and others. Those are important aspects of prayer. But prayer also involves something deeper. A mature life of prayer doesn't stop at simple reading and recitation of petitions or memorized prayers. Those are very good and they're an important part of our life. But if we are developing a mature life of prayer, it will become a real conversation with a living God who loves us. So first of all, we got to develop this mature life of prayer. Secondly, we have to build our lives around the sacraments. You know, Jesus gives us, through the church, the conduits of grace that we call the sacraments. And through them flow his free help, which is grace, the help that we need to maintain our relationships with God and right relationships with our neighbors. And the seven sacraments are meant to be with us from cradle to grave. At infancy, we're typically baptized and thus adopted into God's family. Later, we are confirmed and we receive strength to live and spread the gospel. And then we are married or ordained in answer to God's calling so that we might serve spouses, children, or 
the church, uh, the people of God more broadly. And then when we are near death, we receive his help in that difficult time via the anointing of the sick. And at every stage of our life, we are forgiven then for our mistakes and sins in confession. And we are nourished by the food of the Holy Eucharist, which is the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ himself. So our lives should be punctuated frequently by the reception of these sacraments, but especially the repeated celebration of confession and at least every weekend, you know, Saturday evening, Sunday, and Holy Day, uh, in the celebration of Mass, the Eucharist. So we've got to build our lives around the sacraments. And thirdly, to deepen our friendship with Christ, we have to make God's will our first concern. We've got to do what we know God wants us to do and avoid what we know he wants us to avoid. This is a key aspect of friendship, too. If you're going to be friends with someone, you've got to like uh, some of the same things and want some of the same things. Friendship with Christ, too, then means wanting and working for whatever Christ wants and works for. Today's psalm, I think, put it beautifully. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. To do your will, O God, is my delight. And what does this include? Well, of course, the Ten Commandments, first of all, keeping those and, and loving God as above all else and then loving our neighbor as ourselves. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. To do your will, O God, is my delight. Can we say that as we go about our day, about our week? So prayer sacraments, and obedience to God's will. These are the foundation stones of a meaningful life, a life anchored in heaven, where our friendship with Christ, which is the purpose of life, will reach its everlasting fulfillment.